0: This is Frazzly with Frazzlecast. Do you want to talk about World of Warcraft every week with different people and a little bit of geeky stuff? Check out Frazzlecast.com and on all of your favorite podcast players. And remember, keep it geek.
1: That theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Pop Wolf, Nick Kelly.
0: And I'm your mama wolf, Stacia Kelly.
1: And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brennan Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. So join us here at the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Gray's in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 121 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I am once again joined by Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray?
0: I'm doing great. You know, I never know what to say at this point when we start each episode. <laughs> I don't know if people can tell when they listen, but I, I every time we record, Joe, I'm like, I need a piece of script. For this, part. <laughs> we need an official opening. That's something we're gonna work on. But I'm doing great.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, I, we're so informal here. I, I think I think whatever comes to mind is fine. But I do understand the <laughs> the stress. Um. So yeah, so we have both been very busy. Oh yeah, <laughs> very oh, very busy. you remember
0: remember back in the day uh, of two months ago? When uh, we were talking about how this summer was going to be so chill and we're going to have so much time and be so less stressed to yeah. do everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, silly us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't think that one through at all, did we?
0: Um,
1: but it's okay. It's you know we we've just had you know life happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so sure. So, what have
1: you been like? Have you had any time to do geeky stuff? Uh, you know, for a place to live.
0: Yeah, I'm looking for a place to live. So, you know, that's fun. Um, But uh, actually, I want to talk about something that I did last night. I went and saw a movie. You know me. Um, I really, really am passionate about, you know, a good movie or a good story told. And um, I had an experience. Um, I went and watched Hereditary last night.
1: Oh, what did you think?
0: That is a Wow. Um, my, my immediate comment on Facebook to my, to my friends who wanted to know what I thought when I got out was, um, that was amazing. And I'm never going to watch that again. (laughs) Because it
1: was too intense or it was too disturbing or because Matt, Matt does not like horror, but he's actually been kind of intrigued by it. And, and we're just a little trigger shy.
0: Yeah. And I can understand because here's the thing is that it's not a... It's, it's not a, a a standard cookie cutter horror like it's not when I think of horror like i think of like over the top you know there's certain uh um elements of that genre that have been like really dominant like uh-huh. um you know the the killer or like the crazy gore or like the really like um over the top supernatural elements like that sort of thing you know uh it's almost like schlocky in a way you know, when I think of, of horror or traditional horror, this is more of suspense film. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. What it reminded me of the most is when okay. Mary's Baby. Okay. And if you've ever seen that movie, it's from the 60s with Mia Farrow. Um, it's, I guess it could be classified as a horror film uh, because of the subject matter, but the way it's handled is... Um, I don't know, it's a very uh, a psychological kind of horror, right? Uh-huh. So it's more about like the the arc of the character and what they experience and go through in the film psychologically than than anything else, than any creepy, crawly, like, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. right so um, that's that's honestly what this reminds me of. I, I would go so far as to say that this is Rosemary's Baby for a new generation. Um, okay. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby, there's no gore in that film you know there's no, there's nothing there's hardly i don't even think there's any cursing there might be a little bit but um it's just really like well made like you know suspense psychological thriller and this reminded me of that this has a little bit of gore but um yeah it's just well done i'm not gonna spoil it any anything more for anybody um but <laughs> like you know i'm i'm i really like movies and as i said before on this podcast many times probably by now when people ask me what kind of movies I like, I just like to say I like good movies. Like I'm not, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I don't even feel like people like you and I, Joe, like I don't think that we're necessarily more focused on genre film. I just think we're more aware of it and we're more open to it than the average movie goer. You know what I mean? A good, a a good sci-fi trailer comes out and we're like, that looks like a good movie. And some people are like, Oh, I don't like (laughs) sci-fi
1: and are like, like, Oh, okay.
0: Well, you know, that genre consideration kind of comes second, but okay. Um, you know what I've heard?
1: I've heard multiple people, and this is this just always kind of gets me. Like it makes me laugh a little bit. Uh, I've heard people go, "Well, I don't like space."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah.
1: Have you heard that before? I've heard several people say that I don't like space.
0: I have and, heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that isn't really. I don't know. Like investigate that, maybe. That's. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. There's there's something. There's a fear there. I think yeah. it's kind of like people who are like I don't like the ocean. Well that's right. why you think things are gonna eat you. Um yeah, so maybe it's yeah. not the same clients.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um you know, again, I feel like I'm not one to be turned off if there is a certain genre that is being focused on. We're we're just more open to it. And so I guess then we get cast as genre film fans. But um mm-hmm. yeah, so so I have friends that are horror movie buffs. I mean, it's kind of like they have a list of boxes to be checked. And if it's got, you know, does it have scary, ominous music? Check. Does it have, you know, lots of scary shadows? Check. You know, there's someone screaming? Check. Okay, I'm in. Like, they, they're <laughs> almost, like, already, like, on board, like, already thinking that it's a good film. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I and I don't like those kinds of films. Like, I, you know, there's a lot of bad horror out there. Like, a lot. And, uh, so I get really excited when I, a new film, a new horror film comes out in that uh, category that I think is like really well made and a really well told story. And this is that. But Joe, I mean, it, it, it stays with you, you know, it, it messes, <laughs> it messes with you. And that's part of what I like. I think I, I'm generally such a, uh, I don't want to say safe person, but I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of drama in my life. You know, thankfully I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very lucky. And also it's kind of by design, you know, I don't generally seek to, to allow like disruption into my life. So I'm pretty even keeled. I feel like, uh, I never get too high or too low. Right. And I feel like people that don't like horror movies are, are people that don't want to experience those kind of like, that kind of suspense, you know, and sometimes it's for good reasons. Sometimes they're like, you know what? I've had enough of that in my own life for real. <laughs> you know, Yeah, like,
1: yeah absolutely.
0: I, I don't need to buy a ticket to, you know, get my heart rate going like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, well, I mean, that's,
1: I, that's kind of why I stopped watching um, the walking dead. It was kind of like, it was like too, too much negativity, too much like stress yeah. or at an otherwise stressful time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people who are, when it comes to movies, are like, uh, you know, only if it's going to make me laugh or feel good. (laughs) If not, I'm out. Uh, And I'm kind of the opposite of that. I I feel like I I seek out these kinds of experiences through storytelling as kind of like a, a, not a voyeurism, but you know, like a way to like, oh, wasn't that exciting? It was, it's almost like a roller coaster for me.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And I know people that don't like roller coasters. Um, <laughs> i just read it on them <laughs> oh that's not good yeah that, that's me in boats man Ugh. oh um yeah when we're but, off but,
1: air let me tell you about the worst time i have ever been seasick
0: oh yeah that's gonna be a fun story
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that is oh. not a that is not a story for on the air
0: <laughs> so um yeah, Hereditary is definitely a roller coaster. If you like this kind of film, I highly suggest you go see it. I was also nervous one of these days we got to talk about like movie going audiences or something, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was really nervous uh when before the movie started because we were at the Arc Light in Hollywood and generally it's a pretty good audience, but uh the, before this movie started there was lots of chatter. Um there was a group of, you know, young people sitting right in front of me. God, I sound so old. <laughs> um, that were on their phones, you know, right, right up until, you know, the, the music started. Um, and there was people – there was already nervous laughter in the theater. And I thought this is a bad sign because these are people that once the ride starts, they're going to want to get off in the middle of the ride in certain moments. And the way right. you get off the, the, the ride of a movie – is by breaking the tension by talking or making a joke or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so I was worried about that. But man, once once it started, once it got going, the theater was silent.
1: And oh, this wow. movie does a,
0: yeah, as my friend Lorenzo pointed out to me uh, last night, this movie does a lot with silence. And so those are very crucial moments because, you know, it's building something and everyone in the theater was on board and stayed with it. So it was a really cool experience. One of the reasons why I love going to the Arclight. Uh, that's the geeky thing that I did this week. I scared the shit out of myself last night with hereditary. <laughs> Go that's check it awesome. out. <laughs>
1: yeah. that's a great review. It's a great review, and it's great. I like the arc lights. Great for that because if people are fooling around and causing problems, they'll kick them out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've never actually seen it, but I know I've heard. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: awesome. Very, very cool.
0: Yeah. What about you, man? What have you been up to?
1: I have. Well, I just this week. um Thursday, Matt came home with um, a new iPad for me. Uh, what I have been I have been slumming it with an iPad 2 from years ago, which the the school gave me, and it it doesn't even like I can't even load up a, a browser window, <laughs> like it it does not it does not function. Oh, and um I've I've been buying um when I when I get new phones I've been getting bigger and bigger phones because. I want to be able to like read things on them and, and I want to be able to do comic book, you know, on, on a device comic books Uh, because I I don't want to buy a whole bunch because I just don't have the space to, to start filling in our house with comic books and my husband wouldn't let me do it anyway. So, um, (laughs) so he got me an iPad and it It's perfect because it's been – like I I signed up for Hoopla again, and I'm pulling um, some comic books that I'm I'm interested in reading. And so finally I can just kind of sit in and take – I'm starting to be able to relax into my summer and just sit and read comic books, which I haven't been able to do in a very, very long time.
0: That sounds like a dream.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. It's it's so nice. And then um, I've read parts of it before, but I started with – avengers world which is a new run of was it was the new run of avengers that started heading towards secret wars because a friend of mine said secret wars is a really good um series so i was like well what leads up to that and i got a list of of trades that i should look into um to to lead up to secret wars so i'm starting with that i mean it's years ago it's this is not current
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> current
1: yeah but it's kind of neat. I kind of like the, the characters and it's fun to watch.
0: Um, read yeah. That's a really, that's a smart way to go about it to, to read the, maybe the trade before or, or, you know, key into the stories that are leading up to the main story that you're going to watch or, or, or read. That, that's yeah. a good approach. I feel like.
1: Yeah. And, and somebody just today or yesterday on uh, Slack was like, Hey, I'm starting new comics. What do people recommend? And so I'm looking at what people are recommending to kind of put on my list to, to read, I've got uh, Paper Girls in my queue. My,
0: my yes, that's so good. I love that one.
1: Yeah, my friend Rob gave me his copies, and I need to get them read before we go to Comic Con, so I can give them back to him. But uh, cool. but he says
0: that those are a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. I think I have the first trade.
1: And then um, my video game habits have changed a little bit. My my brother has recommended for years a game called XCOM Two. And did you ever watch – I think I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Did you uh, ever watch Falling Skies?
0: Falling Skies? Is that that show with um, – what's the guy? The guy from ER. Yes. Oh, I you know what I watched like two episodes, thinking that I could jump on, and I couldn't. Like I didn't care about anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I try, It was on. It was like on basic cable, right? It was like on TNT or something like that. It
1: was either TNT or Sci-Fi or yeah. It was definitely yeah on the of the, yeah the channels.
0: No, I heard good things about it, not just from you, but a couple other people. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna check this out, and I just couldn't get on board with it.
1: Yeah, it was good for a couple seasons, and then I felt like it was getting a little too like I get stressed out when it's I I don't enjoy series where it's all about like we're gonna keep flipping the script on you and this person was always (laughs) bad to begin with and this person's a spy and like a little bit of that is is okay yeah but when it's just constantly like oh no just kidding this person's been bad the entire time I'm just like no (laughs) like like right keep doing it it's not it's not novel anymore so yeah too many
0: devices Yeah. yeah
1: but it's got that whole like small group of people against all odds which i love and so there's a game called xcom 2 i guess it's a part of a series but this is the latest one and the idea is the world's been taken over by aliens and you're a resistance group okay and it's turn based so you you've got your soldiers that, and they do different types of things depending on what type of soldier they are and you move them around the battlefield and you you know, accomplish objectives and kill all the aliens and, and stuff like that what,
0: what does turn based mean
1: um instead of like like a first person shooter where you're running around and if you see a guy you can shoot them or they can shoot you it's just whoever's faster on the trigger um, yeah this is like – have you ever played a, a tabletop role-playing game? No. Um, it's like or, – or, or like a board game. Everybody takes a turn. Okay. And so, like, you start off with four soldiers, and the maybe the enemy has three bad guys. So all your soldiers take their turn, and then the bad guys take oh. their turn. And
0: then all your – Oh.
1: So you, you have so many actions you can do in your turn.
0: Oh, are you playing – now, are you – all of these soldiers or are you playing online with other players?
1: No, you're, you're playing, it's a single player game. So okay. It, yeah, so it's just me controlling my, my little squad of soldiers.
0: And, Got then, it. Got um, it.
1: and then you can go back and you've, you've taken over an alien, like basically a helicarrier. And cool. um, you can kind of decide what workshops or training rooms you're going to put into it. And then it'll give you decisions like do you want to um do you want to build this thing or do you want to go on this mission? so you have to it's kind of strategically fight the war against the aliens and the oh. the two things i'm having the most fun with is you can go through and customize like they just give you a random they're like here's a random soldier we created um they give them a country of origin like a generic backstory and um, you know just randomize their looks but then you can go in and you can customize them and you can make them like you can put in your you know a different history you can give them different looks and so it's like fully customizable Um, you can start you start getting really um, attached attached to your characters
0: (laughs) yeah you're building a team it's like you're storytelling
1: yeah absolutely and so you're that's so cool you can you can actually save them into the system so then when you like start a new game the the characters will be there they won't necessarily become the same type of soldier but the the person themselves are are represented in the story somewhere in your in your new campaign um and you can play it in two ways you can play either as um You know the way i'm playing with it where you can save as many times as you want and if you make a big mistake you can go back and uh and replay it so that you you have got a better result which for me right now is perfect because i don't have to have the stress of oh my god i'm going to lose i can just restart (laughs) and right now i I want low stress gaming i don't want yeah i don't want (laughs) to But you can play Iron Man version where, like, if they're dead, they're dead. That's <laughs> it. Like, oh you can't. Oh, my God. that you really, you know, just like, oh, he's awesome. I love, his, like, how he works and everything. And then, you know, he dies on a mission, and that's it. He has gone. So oh. um, I'm not ready <laughs> that for that yet. That. I, need to, I need to know the game a little bit better before I try an Iron Man thing. I, my, my brother <laughs> told me that, that what I am doing right now is called save scumming. Uh, <laughs> and I'm okay I with love that, that. I'm okay <laughs> with for right now because you know like the reason why I play The Sims is because there's no stakes you know like like you, you don't win or lose you just kind of play the game where yeah, yeah. Th- this lets me do that, but actually have like forward movement and forward progress in the game. So yeah. you know, it's a low stress way to to play a video game without having to worry about, Oh, I'm dying constantly. Oh, this is gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to pass the game.
0: Nice. That sounds like fun.
1: Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. And I like, it's not a type of game that I've ever played before. I've, you know, I've played MMOs I've played, First-person shooters. I've played all these different things. This is the first kind of round-based game I've played, like short of Pokemon.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. So that's why you're saying that your your game, your game playing kind of has changed because based on what you're playing, like you're just it's a it's a different approach or like a different setup.
1: Yeah, it's a completely different type of game. I've I, I've really not played a, a game in this style before, and it's it's a lot of fun
0: that's fascinating to me I'm such a noob when it comes to the video games <laughs> yeah that sounds really cool though that sounds relaxing and maybe I need to try out some
1: <laughs> yeah no it's a was it was on, it was on uh, steam on sale so I, I I tried to buy it on sale um, summer's great yeah. for for getting a, a bunch of deals and uh, and yeah it's just uh, uh it kind of it, it it meets my need for customability like it's got a little kind of sim, sim thing in there we can kind of dress them up and change them in any way you want. But it also has yeah. like the strategy that makes you think and, you know, how to, how to get around. Like, things.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's what I used to do when I was younger and I used to create my own like superheroes and like comic book characters and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In you fact, know, I was I thinking, thought. I was thinking it would be a very fun way to do like comic book, um, a comic book game. And I'm sure there's some out there and if you're listening and you go, Oh, that's just like this game. Uh, let me know, because i i would yeah, like, I would like slime. to find other games like this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be actually be cool. Like create your own superhero and then play the video game as your own superhero. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, cool. sounds like we've we've been doing some geeking stuff, so that's good. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. It's always gonna work its way in there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm leaving and if I'm living and breathing, geeky shit is happening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome all right well i am going to we're gonna we're gonna pause real real fast for a a quick commercial break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna finish up our conversation about geeky couples and these are this this week it's gonna be the ones that are not not so our favorites or not so <laughs> not so functional relationships in geek culture <laughs> i will be right back i'm void and i'm Beige, and together we're the geek to geek podcast well we make it it is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or
0: digital culture and chat about it for a while.
1: And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. and download our podcast today and we're back and uh, just a an update on what our our fellow podcasters are doing right now um, this past week's episode of the geek to geek cast uh, void and Beach talked about picking a game console so if any of you have been out there looking for a new game console this is a good a good way to kind of weigh what options are good for you and then on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, uh, they are talking summer movies when, uh, I believe their their tagline was, when when summer movies were what you did. I so <laughs> do you think there was a time when that was a thing. The last couple of summers have been kind of bleak as far as films go.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I remember that time, though. Yeah. Uh,
1: anytime people talk about old-time summer movies, I always think of Independence Day. <laughs>
0: Yes, that's definitely one of them. I think of Jurassic Park. Yes. Have you seen the new Jurassic Park? I did. Yeah, I saw it last week. What did, what did you think? Uh, I really liked it, actually. Did you really? I did. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, I didn't like the first Jurassic World film. Okay. And uh, I'm really glad I was drunk while I was watching that, actually. That's again, you guys Arc Light, I'm telling you. <laughs> but <laughs> um But uh so I think maybe that worked towards adjusting my expectations for this film. And I okay. think that had a lot to do with my enjoyment of it because you know, Jurassic Park is a classic. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that movie. I will always love that movie. And obviously diminishing returns with the sequels to that. But they hyped up Jurassic World so much as like a relaunching kind of thing, you know, in in continuity, that I got really excited. And nothing's gonna live up to that. So for this second Jurassic World film, I just thought, you know what? As long as it's not as hokey as the first one, um, I'll be happy, you know. And no, I th- I thought it was it was a really good popcorn film. Like I was. With I, I will. Friends. I will
1: give you popcorn. I will give you popcorn.
0: <laughs> I was with friends. And we just wanted to see big dinosaurs and people eaten and like stuff blow up. And at no point in this one did I go, oh, you know what? That's not true. At one point in this one, I went, oh, that's just dumb. But <laughs> the rest of it was, was enjoyable. So I, I had fun. Yeah, I, we took uh, my mom, my sister, and I, um, we, we went to go see the original Jurassic Park when it came out. And we always, you know, that's a good memory for us. So whenever a new Jurassic film comes out, we all go out together. And uh we were celebrating my mom's birthday and so we had dinner before it. So yeah, it was it was a fun time and it was like the perfect movie for that for that occasion.
1: Okay. Well you now that you put it in context, I, I'm like, okay. I, I I can accept that. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember leaving going, That was the stupidest movie I've ever seen.
0: Oh what? Really?
1: Yeah, there was just so many times where I was just like, really? Really, like the, the 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 lava three inches away from him. Like, like really, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I feel like everybody made stupid decisions, and that's the <laughs> only reason why this movie moved forward is that each person, every decision that made that was made was the wrong decision. <laughs> that's that's why it got to the conclusion that it did.
0: Yeah, yeah. I for me, and again, uh, th- this is. I'm very sensitive to spoilers. So if you're listening to this, not knowing you were going to get a, you know, Jurassic world review, don't worry. I'm not spoiling anything in the film. Um, just the way they use the T-Rex.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: that kind of got old for me after a while. I was like, Oh really? Like, you know, um, but yeah, that, that was the only thing that really bothered me. Everything else. I was like, you know what? Yeah, that was, I get it. Suspenseful scene. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: The, the, uh, the T-Rex and the, and the centralized display fossil. That is the end to every movie.
0: Yes, that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. But at this point with these films, I'm just like, yeah, they have to do that. You know, like that's, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not, at this point, if I were to get like a really well written, like, you know, a classic. Jurassic Park film, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I'd be like, <laughs> "What's, what's this? Like, that's not even the category. <laughs> like, returning my ticket. That's not what I signed up for. Uh, <laughs> this film is too good." Um, yeah, no. At this point, these these films for me are a category, you know, of their own. They're just like, yeah, fun, you know, kind of a popcorn film, and that's exactly what I got from. It. I feel like they they figured it out. This is not what the first Jurassic Park movie was, but they figured out the formula for what these movies are at this point. Cause you know, we're getting more, we're getting a bunch more.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, they've set it up for, I, and honestly, I'm more interested in what they set it up for than, than what it was. Like, I did, feel like the the next movie will, will hold my interest more than this one did.
0: Did I ever tell you about, I mean, do you, are you aware of the story of where these films were supposed to go originally and how, that was scrapped but now we're starting to see it kind of play out little by little in these films no there was a there's a great link i'm going to send to you there was and maybe we'll put it up on the page for anyone interested but there was this script written and actually went into development and this was before jurassic world so i think it was like after the second jurassic park film before they even made the third one um they were talking about going in this direction where uh, and it was this crazy script that kind of made waves uh, 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 just online, just that people going, how batshit crazy is this? And like Spielberg was on board as a producer, and they were going ahead with it. Um They were the storyline was revolving around genetically altering dinosaur uh, 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 dinosaurs and and blending them with humans. And building a team of dinosaur human hybrid soldiers that carried guns. So there was a di- it was a dinosaur that walked upright, carried a gun, and had like a laser scope on its head. <laughs> and these these soldiers had names, they had like storylines.
1: <laughs> and there were, were there were there good soldiers and and bad soldiers?
0: I think the whole thing was that they were supposed to be bad and then they turned out to be good by the end of the script. And it's it was interesting. like interesting. And Joe, there's um there's uh, uh 3D models of this online. There's drawings. There's you can actually I think you still find the script.
1: Okay, so the, we need to we need to find a link to that. And, and at
0: the time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the the studio's going ahead with this. This is full-on. Like, it, it was going into production. And there were just people on the sidelines just, like, super skeptical going, are they really going to do this? Like, there's no way this is going to happen. And at the last minute, it got scrapped. But we're seeing in, in these Jurassic World movies kind of, like, what they've taken from that and are still kind of holding on to. And so everyone, like, each of the new Jurassic World movies that has come out, there has been a second a, a segment of people online going, I wonder if we're gonna see the dinosaur soldier. Like I wonder if we're gonna oh, see funny. that. Well yeah. and,
1: and honestly, it's dinosaurs. Did you ever watch that cartoon? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> what? No.
1: Yeah, I forget I forget what the <laughs> what the basic premise was. Like if they were if they were aliens that 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 came to Earth and that's why we had dinosaurs, or if they were dinosaurs that left and came back as sentient. But um but yeah, they were they were um, like there it was a cartoon, and they were good dinosaurs, and they were bad dinosaurs. It was like it was like Transformers, the same kind of like Autobots and Decepticons, but you had good dinosaurs and you had bad dinosaurs, and they were but they were like anthropomorphic, <laughs> and they they had like armor and guns,
0: and yes. Oh God, Dinosaur. that sounds awesome. See, yes, that's great. I <laughs> why haven't I heard about this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we can move from dysfunctional movies to dysfunctional couples. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, when we were going through our list of favorite couples from last week, um, we we realized that there were a lot of couples that people kept listing as good couples that we had <laughs> we called we called uh, shenanigans on.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, so that's what we're gonna do. We had to finish this conversation because we have a we have a list of people that we think we're like no not not a not a good couple.
0: <laughs> Again, I feel like my list kind of uh, doesn't follow a particular de- definition. It's more like I don't like these couples. And <laughs> for for one or two of them, you could say it's probably because you know the dysfunction inherent in in that couple, but. Uh, then, you know, you could also just make the, I, I honestly, I could just make the case like they're just not well-written or they're just not interesting or there's not good classic stories attached to this couple.
1: Well, and let's, a, let's, let's face it. We all have, we all have those couples in our like friend group where you're just like, <laughs> like, there's nothing inherently wrong with you. I just don't like you as a couple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you went there. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be like everybody. Listen to my new podcast episode, except for YouTube and YouTube, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Yeah, you, you don't listen. <laughs> oh man! So do you have your list? Do you have Do you have your I do, three? I
1: do. I have, and I'm, I'm ready to alter it if there are some duplicates because I think there might be.
0: Okay, good, good. Uh, you want to go first?
1: Um, do, do you want me to? I'm. I may. I may blow it with the big one. Well, I'll go with one. I'm. I'm pretty sure you won't have. Okay. Um. I know that uh, a lot of lists of like the perfect couple was either Buffy and Angel or Buffy and Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? And in no way are either of those, I would argue good couples and they certainly weren't functional couples. Like (laughs) Buffy spoiler alerts. If you, if you are worried about being spoiled on something that was like in the nineties, but uh with Angel the whole thing was is that she she sleeps with him and he he's a he's a vampire with a soul like I guess when you become a vampire you lose your soul in this universe and so she sleeps with Angel and he he had his soul but because in that moment he reached complete happiness the curse that gave him his soul back ended and he loses his soul and he instantly goes goes from good Angel to bad Angel
0: because they slept together.
1: Because they slept together.
0: Huh.
1: Um <laughs> okay. so so to me, like just like it it's just not it's not a good recipe for a compelling story. Like I know a lot of people liked that part of Buffy. That was not my favorite part of Buffy. The whole right. um Angst of oh we've slept together and now I'm a now I'm a dick. <laughs> <And> basically, <laughs> I'm like too many people have that real life happen to them that like this is not this is not this is not compelling to me. And I mean like I I was saying last time that we recorded that that Joss Whedon writes some of the best couples ever. This is not yeah. an example of them. Yeah. And then and then they'll go well then what about Buffy and Spike? Buffy and Spike's entire relationship was built on hate sex.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember hearing about that and reading about that, actually.
1: Well, it, 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 it was an interesting prospect. He's like this horrible, horrible vampire, but they don't give him his soul back because that would be too too redundant. So, <laughs> so instead, they, they have this military organization put a chip in his brain. So anytime he tries to feed on or bite a person, he, he gets like this really horrible, painful electric shock. And um, I love the Good way. God. Oh, God. Honestly, <laughs> Ray, one of my favorite moments. He doesn't know that they've done this to him. My favorite moment is, is he goes and like they're all in the, the kids are in college at this point. And Willow is is in her dorm room and Spike storms him and goes to bite her and then go, goes into complete pain. Like just like collapses on the floor screaming. And then they go to commercial. <laughs> And they come back from commercial and the two of them are sitting on her bed together.
0: Oh and, I... and, and she's
1: like, Um, it's okay. Um I, I'm sure it happens to all vampires at some point. And he's like, but not to me. Not to never to me. And she's like, Well, you know, we can wait a little bit and you can try again. Like it was like it's oh my so God. amazing. Like it was beautiful. So then for his protection he ends up helping out with you know the buffy and her friends
0: yeah
1: <laughs> the scooby gang and um and buffy is in a point where she's just angry at the world and so it gives her a feeling of power to be able to have sex with spike because it's something that she shouldn't be doing and it gives her agency and it makes her feel good about herself but it's not a functional relationship. They're having right. hate sex. They don't like each other and it turns them on. And that's what they're ha- like. It is not a functional couple. So I would right. both Buffy couples as not <laughs> examples of, of functional geek couples.
0: And I think a lot of people, they, they're they judging their favorite couples based on how much they like the stories. Right. right. And if if they're really into that property or they're really enjoying the story, they say that's a great couple. Yeah. No, it's not the same thing. Uh, <laughs> um, and sometimes just because the stories are good doesn't mean that the couple's stories are good. <laughs> right. um, you know, because a lot of times the romance subplot or whatever is like a, a different thing. And I've, I, there, there's actually a lot of movies and, and series that I like where I like all of the plots except for the romance subplot. You know, yes. the will they or won't they or whatever. Like that's usually my least favorite part of those. Of those
1: well, I think sometimes they put that on there because they feel like it has to be there. Like we have to have yeah. a we have to have a story about, you know, a romance story a romance for the ladies, story. which yeah. is a horrible way to put it. But I think that that's the mindset we have if, in order to keep the ladies interested in whatever we're doing. We have to have a, a love story. I know yeah. plenty of women who are like, uh, no, I, I want to see, you know, the characters kicking ass. I really don't need to know who's in love
0: with. Right. You. Right. And quick question before we move on from Buffy. Um was when she was when her and Spike were a thing was that after uh David Borean's left and did his own show?
1: Yeah. Yeah, cuz then I think he somehow okay. got his his soul back and then um he decided that he couldn't be around Buffy because he cared too much for her and he didn't want to lose his soul again. So, um <laughs> and I I get it. I we've all had those relationships.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was really surprised when I heard about Buffy and Spike because even though I never really watched the, the that show, I was aware of it and aware of kind of the basic setup and I was like, isn't he like a major bad? Hasn't he done horrible things in this show? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's interesting go there, take it there.
1: Yeah, well, I um, mean, he was such a great character and like, it was very fun to watch him. He was hilarious. He was like, he would do good things, but he'd be just bitter and angry about
0: it. Like, about it. like <laughs> nice. it was great. An hero an anti-hero yeah, yeah yeah um all right uh so i'm gonna go i mean i got my three in front of me and uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna start with the one that probably people would least expect maybe you might suspect you you might be surprised by this one joe i feel like my other a uh, couple choices you won't be surprised by but mm-hmm. um I, I had my my two on the list that I just for sure I had those on the list since last week, man. Since we were like in the process of making my list of my favorite couples, I just spontaneously had to make, <laughs> I had to right, write these right, right. two couples down as like my least favorite. But then for the third slot, I, I took a little bit more thinking, and I came up with a couple that I didn't. I I, I was actually also kind of surprised by, and that is um, Peter Parker and Mary Jane.
1: Yeah. Now you mentioned at some point that you did not like this couple, and I I. I can't say I fully disagree with you, but I was curious as to why.
0: Um, you know, I did some digging and because I was like, you know, maybe I'm hating for, you know, from ignorance. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with this choice. <laughs> um, I mean, Spider-Man is the reason we all know Spider-Man is because of the stories that were being told about this character, you know, in the heyday of like Stanley writing and, you know, um, obviously at first, um, I mean, Ditko eventually a drawing, but before that, um, Romita drawing. Um, and he was a new type of comic book character because he was, the whole point was that he was an every man or every kid. And he had so much drama in his life that it really was, it was, little boy's excuse to read a, a soap opera style romance style comic book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Because the main character was a superhero. Right. But other than that, I mean, you know, I've, i read lots of takes about this era of Spider-Man where, you know, they would talk about how all of the interpersonal drama and relationship drama was more of a draw and more exciting than the superhero stuff. The superhero stuff was cool. You know, the, the, the baddie of the week or whatever, but it was all the other stuff going on in his life that made it such an interesting read. Right. Um, And they had Mary Jane, I mean, uh, Gwen Stacy there as a character for a while. uh, And then when they made the decision to, you know, kill her off, um, Mary Jane was already kind of a a character. They were were building to her for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, What gets me is that at some point, and I think the comic book industry did this as a whole to, to its detriment. At some point, certain, all these stories were just locked into place. Mm -hmm. And then going forward, no real change was allowed. You know what I mean? Like, they just, uh, suddenly, these characters were not aging anymore, and whatever crazy event or story took place or happened that was, like, widely publicized, everyone knew that it was just a matter of time before they went back to the status quo. Yeah. And I think that for that reason, we got... Peter Parker and Mary Jane is like the definitive Spider-Man couple. And I don't think it ever should have been that.
1: I would, I would definitely agree. I think my biggest problem with because when you started talking about that pairing, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I see it. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, it's an example I feel of where all the drama comes with. How much can we fuck with this couple?
0: Yeah. Because, but for a reason, because So like what what can we do? I remember when um when Todd McFarlane, you know, he was drawing Spider-Man uh and before that I mean he drew like Wolverine and Hulk, you know, briefly, but obviously he became a star drawing Spider-Man and to the point that, you know, Marvel gave him his own Spider-Man title, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. just called Spider-Man. And I collected that title and I remember him saying that one of his goals—I mean, Tom and Fairland's not a good writer, so let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> um, but 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 he said I remember him saying that one of his goals with that title was to give Mary Jane something to do, you know, because she was just underutilized as a character and was just kind of there. And they Marvel was aware that there was this kind of like bland quality to their you know their their existence mm-hmm. as a couple. And so that, I think that was the start of let's just fuck with them. <laughs> because just for the sake of like, let's just mess with this couple just to, you know, add another element to these stories. Um, Tom McFarlane's first, first run or first uh, arc on that. I think like Mary Jane, like she goes out dancing by herself because like Peter's like always out at night, like as Spider-Man. And so she's tired of like sitting at home by herself. So she goes out, she goes out dancing and then she gets attacked. She gets mugged. And I think she like fights them off herself. Like no one comes to her rescue. So like, I think there was like good intentions there, but I think that that got the ball rolling into like a what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of headed towards the you know. Well, we'll just keep throwing things at these, um, at this couple. And then I feel like it's a it's become a comic trope with. And I don't remember what's happened with, because didn't she have a baby at some point? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what happened with the baby, and so I'm sure there are comic book fans that are shouting the answer at the
0: Yeah, it's a clone know. somewhere. Yeah. It's somewhere.
1: It's it's gone into the future, it's come back as a super soldier. It's you know, it's marvel. Um, but um I always feel like that's the that's the that's the trope that they try and do with a lot of these couples. It's like, we're going to let them, like they're going to get, they're going to get, finally get together. They're going to get it married. And then we're going to throw all this shit at them so that they can yeah. have a, yeah. a, a and, good relationship. And then when that gets old, we'll have them have a kid and then we'll just keep tormenting them about the kid. Like some oh terrible God. thing that keeps happening to the kid.
0: Yeah. And, and I think brand new day was like, or one more day was, uh, a, um, a the culmination of that. And I think that was the point where it just jumped the shark. Uh, they jumped the shark as a couple and, um, you know, comic book fandom in, in general just went, okay, enough. Like, we're not like, this is too much, Right. <laughs> like a deal with Mephisto. Like what? Like, no, no. Um, and, you know, on some level, I always felt bothered when they started making the Spider-Man films, definitely with like Raimi's Spider-Man films there was some part of me that was just annoyed that they skipped over Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Because yeah. to me it was like if you're going to tell the story of Spider-Man, if you're going to really translate this character to movies and take advantage of like all of these stories and and the arc of what, you know, this character and what made him so popular, why would you chop off like half of it? You know, like like the build up and all of the drama inherent in those stories, it just didn't make sense to me and I never I think I never really saw Mary Jane as as like deserving to be like, oh, like this is like, you know, Superman and Lois Lane or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Batman and Robin. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, like like Scott and Gene, you know, um, Peter Parker and Mary Jane, I don't think were, I don't think they were intended to be that. And I think that that showed through in, in the stories. And so when the movie started just right away, starting with Mary Jane and high school and stuff, I'm just like, no. No, like, what are you doing? Like, you're doing such a disservice to the character, and I think that's the thing: is that this, the establishment of this couple, of this pairing, has been a disservice to to Spider-Man as a character.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree. Good choice.
0: Cool. Yeah, thanks. Oh, I'm glad you're on board with. That. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you heard me out on that one. <laughs> um,
1: uh, my next one is just a. I just saw it on a lot of lists, and I was like, no no um and it's it's like you're gonna laugh because it's a ridiculous one to have on our list but i saw and i think these are because there are older lists and i think this has been remedied in continuity but um kermit
0: the frog and miss piggy what wait i'm i'm baffled both ways <laughs> i'm kind of baffled that these were this was on the list of like top geek couples yes.
1: Multiple. It was,
0: but also kind of one. really. Yeah. But then also kind of baffled that you're like singling this couple out and going like, no. Although as I'm saying this, I'm starting to. I think I'm starting to grasp why. It's
1: an abusive. It's an abusive relationship, people.
0: Totally, totally <laughs> abusive. This relationship. Is not a functional relationship.
1: Kermit, <laughs> Kermit should have gotten out of that relationship years ago. And quite, quite honestly, it's not all Piggy's fault because he's kind of an ass to her. Like.
0: She, Wait, is
1: Well, it? she won't take no for an answer, and so he just gets distant and moody.
0: <laughs> oh my god, God, I think you're right. And
1: and I I didn't no. watch much of the the reboot that they did a couple years ago. Like they had a new.
0: Oh yeah, like yeah, Jason C- Siegel or Segal. Yeah, did, yeah. But,
1: but they broke up. Like they're they're not a couple anymore. Like they're they're not together. He's dating a different pig.
0: Did I lose you? Yeah, okay. There you are. <laughs> that sounded like uh, you went into the Matrix. Yeah, I got that from you a, a couple of
1: times, but it wasn't so bad that I couldn't understand what you were saying. So I was like, okay. Um, but I, I, I marked it, so we'll, we'll go back and think. But yeah, so... Um, okay. So yeah, so they, um, they're they not even together anymore. They're He's not- dating a different pig.
0: Wait, What?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not together. Like, in the new one, they they are... I don't think they were ever married, so they, were ever married they weren't divorced, but they are definitely broken up, and they just they just have to work together.
0: How come this wasn't, like, major news? Or maybe it wasn't, I missed it. I had no idea that Kermit and his Piggy weren't the thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, they're done. They're done, and it, I think that was, like... I was so happy when I heard that. I was like, finally, because it's not a functional <laughs> relate. Like, stop trying to make it happen, guys. It ain't gonna happen.
0: <laughs> I, I remember, um think i realizing really early on that that was part of the comedy like that that was what the joke was with them is that she was just super abusive towards him yeah. <laughs> even as a kid i got that and was like yeah this ain't good for Kermit
1: yeah no like it was, uh, it was she was abusive and he was he was just kind of like his his response was not to like stand up to her or not to to try and right. change things. He was just he was just sardonic and and angry.
0: Kermit's not emotionally available. No. <laughs> oh man, that's a good choice. I like that's an inspired choice well, it just
1: keeps showing up on all these lists and every time I saw it I was like not only is it really not like I mean that's the edge people like it's really there, yeah yeah really there on the edge but I'm a huge Muppets fan I think I'm I'm all for the Muppets but that no they they made an amazing decision when they broke them up
0: oh my god that's a good one god you, you got me beat with that one um I don't know, we might we might disagree on this next one, but for me, uh one of one of my most hated couples in Geekdom has always been Gambit and Rogue.
1: Okay. right. I was wondering how you were about that one.
0: And you know, Rogue is is kind of a I, I don't I wanna say almost innocent party on this. I think it's really just fueled by my hatred for Gambit. I was just
1: gonna ask that. I was uh, like, are, do you dislike the couple, or do you just dislike Gambit?
0: But you know how when you kind of like you you respect someone and then you lose some respect for them when you see their choice in partner, and you're like, oh, honey, no. really? Like... <laughs>
1: yes, yes, I've had that. I, I have had that experience on multiple occasions.
0: I think I think that's where Rogue falls on this, you know, because Rogue as a character is pretty cool. Um, her 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 origin is a bit you know convoluted if not you know at least original um, with you know absorbing Miss Marvel's powers and psyche and all that um, and starting out as a as a villain which I didn't actually know for a long time mm-hmm. um, but God dude she just she just she's just that strong you know female character that that's strong uh, uh, like awesome uh, superhero. That falls for a fuckboy. And you don't... You know, that's never a good thing. You know, I get it. I I hate to feel like I'm shaming at this point, you know, but Rogue, you know, you can do so much better than Gambit. Um, (laughs) We all can do better than Gambit. Gambit's a... I don't know. He started out as a poor man's Wolverine. Um, But I think it was the moment that Jim Lee gave him a ponytail for no reason whatsoever (laughs) that I thought... (laughs) wait a minute i just
1: love i just love the the (laughs) disdain that drips off of you when you are talking about gambit it cracks me up
0: it just it was at that moment that i thought have we all been have we all been kind of fooled by this character why does this guy in a trench coat in a trench coat (laughs) (laughs) need need a ponytail for no reason. And it was I mean, you know, yeah, some of the blame does go to Jim Lee because it was that era when apparently it was really windy all the time in every comic. <laughs> <time. laughs> because that ponytail never just calmed down, you know, that ponytail was always weaponized in some way, shape, or form. Um but yeah, and then and then just the more you just delve into Gambit as a character, you know, uh a mishmash of, you know, oh wolverine you know is so popular as a character and his kind of like anti-hero like you know um uh, uh lone wolf kind of you know uh, uh approach to to the x-men to, to how he does things versus how the group does things is so po- wildly popular po- popular let's just let's let's do it again let's make another one <laughs>
1: um
0: have you ever looked at gambit's costume underneath the trench coat yeah, it's ridiculous because i've Yes. I've drawn it. You know, it is, it is ridiculous. <laughs> it is very ridiculous. It's like, it doesn't make sense at yeah. all at it at all. And so that has always baffled me. I'm like, I get why you would wear a trench coat over that, you know,
1: <laughs> but just,
0: or you could just change your costume and just put on a better costume. Um, and then just, I, I am like offended on behalf of all people from New Orleans and Louisiana area for his accent. <laughs> um, and just the way Chris Claremont, you know, wrote it in phonetically to his to his speech, uh, and definitely the, the the cartoon. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? Actually, the X Men cartoon version of Gambit and Rogue might be the reason why I dislike this couple so much. That's
1: fair. Because her
0: accent that her accent on that cartoon as well. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a last minute adjustment to this. It's it's X Men Adventures Gambit and Rogue <laughs> that I think is one of the worst geek couples of all time. That's that's awesome. Uh, she's always she's always shouting things at nobody like in a really bad southern accent well, just declaring things in, in in you know in the sky while she's flying. Did you
1: listen to the James uh Jay and Miles explain the X-Men episode where they did um they played the the like a a Marvel role playing game and they they oh, yeah. said it in the the cartoon version?
0: Yes, yes, that was one of my favorite and episodes. Was
1: playing Storm, just had to shout things at nobody, <laughs> epic monologues to nothing.
0: Yes, yes, that is so true. That was so on point. Um, I don't know who you know. I I, I think there were some characters that fared well on that show, but no, Storm didn't, and definitely Gamut and Rogue just. Oh God, he's so sleazy! Like, what? What are we? What are we telling a generation of young kids? You know, <laughs> this this couple's had some really lasting, long lasting ill effects. I feel like. So, um, so, my
1: friend Brian used to do on his show, uh, The Average Geek. He would do or um, the, their podcast. They would do a nostalgia filter where they'd go back and watch things to see how they <laughs> they they stood up to to history. And um, yeah. and we should do that with the, the old classic X-Men cartoon.
0: Oh, I love that idea. Oh. That Write that down. That's a good idea. <laughs> We're going to revisit that this summer. Uh, so good. I'm glad. I'm, I, I, I felt a little wary kind of going after an ex-couple, but um, glad to see you're on board.
1: Well, depending on how um, the last one falls, can I can I get a preview of who your last one is? Because I don't want to take. Yeah, it. I don't want to sure. take. I don't want Well, why don't you give me your last one? Because I've got a couple that I could go with if it's the same one
0: as mine. Um. Here's a hint. Uh, she calls them pudding.
1: I, OK, so yes, I figured she would be on that would be on your list, so I won't put it on mine. <laughs> uh, so then I will go. I will go with my ex couple that I think my is the ex-couple. worst couple ever. And probably again brought on by the '90s cartoon. I cannot stand Scott and Jean. They drive me what? up a wall. I don't think. Like first of all, I I am one of. The, oh my I god! I do not like Cyclops. I've never liked Cyclops. He's my least favorite X Men. <laughs> and and I feel like I feel like they've written the whole. Um, they're destined to be together and it's magical that they're together and fake <laughs> that they're together. And I was like, it, 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 like, it makes the characters too dependent on one another. They can't be, they can't be characters on their own. And I've heard that that's been kind of fixed with some of the newer stuff because then the, the, the time displaced Jean gray and the time displaced uh, Cyclops are both kind of not together and doing their own thing. And it's, better but i feel like this they they ruined it with the whole madeline Pryor thing and it just never got better
0: i'm kind of shocked here are, Joe. Are,
1: are, <laughs> what, what part of that shocks you because you seem to have a huge reaction to cyclops
0: just just it's it's Scott and Gene! And
1: that, that that's it's, exactly why it bothers me. It's like there's no, tell me tell me what about that relationship is is special. Like tell me what is what is okay. what is dynamic about that relationship.
0: Okay, right off the bat, I will grant you that shacking up with your dead wife's clone is not a good look.
1: <laughs> I don't know how you could move on past that statement. Like, I feel like at that point, I mean, <laughs> that says everything about I mean, that, just
0: that just proves my point for me. I mean, when you're revived from your underwater <laughs> cocoon and, you know, come back to the mansion <laughs> to learn this, aren't you a little bit flattered? Aren't you like, wow, he really could not move past, move on past my my memory. I mean, look, he, he could only bear... To, to couple up with my literal clone. That's got to be a little flattering. Just a little bit. Maybe. But okay, I'll move yeah. on. on. Do <laughs> you mess. really want me to discover
1: that? <laughs> uh, but,
0: but I guess with Scott and Gene, I feel like they, they really love each other. Like they really, like they have made sacrifices for each other that I think it, it, it are really strong, like indications of like their, like how they feel for each other, and the fact that they've, you know, they've known each other since they were kids. I don't know. I, I, you're. Oh man, this is really messing with me. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's 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 a good choice. But I, I, yeah, wow. I guess I mean, don't get me wrong, for sure. Like when you when you produce cable, that's already like that's a you know. Not everyone should reproduce, and I think Cable is a good, you know, slash Rob Leafield is is a good, uh, uh good evidence of that. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Take it up with Mister Sinister. He seems to like that couple a lot. Right,
1: well, I mean, <laughs> right there. It's like I feel like it, it feels like that's been manipulated from the beginning. You know, some of some of oh, their more true. more. Tender moments work with each other. Like, if you want to talk about the penultimate Gene Gray Scott Summers moment, you're going to talk about the the Phoenix saga, right? But that's not Gene
0: yeah, Gray. Of course. That's that panel. It's that I panel.
1: Know,
0: that's not Gene Gray. That's it's, the Phoenix. You know... <laughs> uh, <laughs> why are you bringing. Facts into this, Joe. I
1: mean I get it, but I get I I get that that there was a relationship there, but at at some point the need to have that relationship made half the problems in the, the X universe.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's so true. You know what? I think I think this makes sense. You you're you're right. Um and I think that my point of view and probably the, the, the point of view of a lot of fans, I think speaks to the power of those two panels. Uh-huh. Right? In, um, uh, God, I can't believe I can't think of the number right now. It's X-Men issue. Is it 130? No. Uh, it, it's the issue on, on the moon. Yeah. You know, I love you, Scott, and I, you, Gene. Like, that's like, that's comic book, like, you know, what, uh, mythos at this point. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's a mess. They're a mess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then somebody told Kurt Busick that they couldn't bring her back from the dead and he said hold my beer.
0: <laughs> what did Kurt Busick do? Exactly. <laughs> no, Kurt Busick. <laughs> somebody get somebody get the spray bottle. No, Kurt Busick.
1: Bad Kurt Busick. No.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um I feel like we have no choice now but to talk about uh harley quinn and, yeah and, and i'm glad that
1: was yours because then we could end on that one and i i i I feel i feel like yeah. it's a good culmination of this whole conversation
0: <laughs> yeah because this is the this is the this couple is the poster child for just dysfunctional abusive relationships <laughs> geek relationships yes. Uh um, and i don't think honestly i don't think they were ever intended that's the thing about fandom right is that the creators can intend what they want, but fandom, fandom is going to do what fandom right, wants to right. do. And if they, if they latch onto a character, often what happens based on popularity is the creators will then sort of, you know, we, we've been talking about this. They'll kind of retroactively reposition characters or stories to match the audience's uh, excitement and approval of those things. Right. Right. So suddenly, you know, a character that maybe was meant to be kind of a sidekick kind of secondary throw-off character if if you know the uh if if general audiences fall in love with that character and generate a lot of money around that character then suddenly we get you know wolverine and the x-men right and so i think for harley and joker i mean i don't think i think paul dini kind of knew what he was doing when he created harley quinn you know in terms of like uh, what this quote-unquote couple was supposed to be um but people just i don't know man you know, we're, we're, we're in an unhealthy lot. I feel like we just gravitate towards some really horrible stuff.
1: Of all Um, the couples that we've mentioned, I feel like they're the most, their, their dysfunction is the most watchable and the most intriguing. And so I can see if you put them on a, if you put them on a list and say that they're a great couple because of how it powers stories, then I would say, okay, but not, okay. but not as a functional relationship.
0: Right. This is wow. The way you put it just there just made me think like we're Harley Quinn and Joker like proto reality TV. Like, are we talking like the Real Housewives of Gotham? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and you know what sucks is that I actually like really Harley. I really really like Harley Quinn's character aside from this this. Right. Well,
1: I, I like it. I like you know? it in spite of the 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 because because you can't have Harlequin. Like this is one of those characters that you really can't have without the relationship. Like the whole the whole character is right. built on how he basically fucked with her. And and and, yeah. and yeah, created totally. this thing, but but the the interesting thing to watch is the psychology of how she becomes her own person afterwards and i think that a lot of stories have moved totally. her in that direction since then so it's, i find yeah. that compelling yeah. but anytime they try to pair Perfect. them as a cute couple it does not work
0: that's the thing you can have you can have that interesting you know uh, story or or, or character uh, origin and then have this like you know re- really cool character kind of spring from that that doesn't mean that that is meant to be celebrated right, the way it right. is. <laughs> right. Because Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, yeah. that's awesome. Like yeah. I really love them as a duo. I think that speaks to like the versatility of like Harley Quinn because she's a good character, you know, and because she's, she's w- well conceived. Um, You then have the potential to tell the stories that you're talking about. Like, you know, whether she's pairing up with other people or, whether, you know, we're seeing the journey of her kind of, like, uh, uh, struggle out of that, those, like, you know, a destructive uh, relationships or tendencies and stuff. Like, there's a lot of cool shit happening with Harley Quinn as a character. But when people, like, you know, describe themselves as, you know, a joker looking for their Harley Quinn or vice versa, uh-huh. I'm like, ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly exactly like um are you sure that's what you know like uh, have you Dude, thought that too? come
1: come out of your come out of your 4chan haze and uh
0: <laughs> no yeah. really
1: yeah
0: really yeah exactly so i mean you know uh, this is not i mean the joker i think obviously i think is a great mm-hmm. character an all-time character i think harley quinn is an awesome character all on her way to being an all-time character if not if not already. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't mean that, you know, two great things are gonna make, you know, two great, great characters are gonna make a great relationship. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is too, yeah. too bad because I feel like there's so much potential there to, you know, this couple is, is, this coupling in, in Geekdom is highlighting things that, you know, not a lot of other couples do. And there's so much potential there for exploring that. But when you turn it into something that you wanna emulate, it's just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's what have we that's exactly here? it.
1: It's not that it's a bad couple. It's it's a bad couple when you romanticize the relationship.
0: Yes, yes, totally. God, some of the stories, man, like ugh, like some of the some of the stories in in this in canon, you know, we, with with this couple, it just some of it is disturbing. And then there's always like that chuckle at the end, like oh, Joker's gonna make some joke about it. You know, I think the cartoon, the animated stuff, yes. does it really well. The animated stuff really shows, like, how, you know, it can flip from being, like, fun and, like, loving and safe and then just dangerous. And then, like, Harley Quinn's just kind of, like, shaking and trying to, like, laugh it off. And you're just like, god damn. Like, why is DC – why is the DC animated universe Mm -hmm. so good and so effective? Well,
1: and I I think one of my my favorite – I think there's an episode of the animated um, series where he's, like, he's pining for her. And you kind of – and you kind oh, of realize yeah. it's not really that he's pining for her. He just doesn't like the idea that she's not all consumed by him.
0: Yes. Yes. I remember that episode. God, I love that series. So good. That's what I'm talking about. Like, look at the, the storytelling potential. There's great. Just don't, you know, just, just no, don't no. want that.
1: that not, not a <laughs> functional. that that is, that is the penultimate dysfunctional geek couple. That's why I'm glad we saved it for last and one are our lists?
0: Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Well done. Go team.
1: <laughs> high five. High five through the internet. Yeah, this is fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah this is no, fun. I, I like these going have through these lists. this has
1: been a couple of really fun um, a really fun couple of weeks <laughs> with with talking about geek couples. I've enjoyed it.
0: Um I hope I hope if uh if you're listening and you like this kind of stuff, let us know. Um we definitely have more ideas for list centric episodes so reach out yeah, and i think over thoughts. the
1: next month or so Ra- uh, ray and i are going to start um kind of plotting out the direction of of geekitude moving f- post summer and so if you
0: yeah yes poolside.
1: yes in fact we'll probably <laughs> talk about that after we we close up but um what uh, what do you guys want to see? Like, do you like these kind of episodes? We were discussing stuff. Do you want us to go back to more interviews? I think all of this is going to be part of us moving forward. But how much of one or the other um, we do is really kind of up to feedback. So, you know, jump on Slack, jump on Twitter, jump on Reddit and and let us know what you think. Awesome. All right. All the music in this episode oh no i'm skipping shout outs what am i doing shout outs do you have oh any yeah
0: uh, i'm gonna give yeah i gotta give a shout out to my buddy lorenzo that i mentioned earlier uh, in the in the podcast episode uh he's a great writer and poet um he does really great work and uh we usually geek out about sports stuff um because he's really a really knowledgeable basketball fan but Kind of surprised me and, like, got me really excited that he wanted to geek out about Hereditary with me uh, after I watched it last night. So uh, we're going to be doing that, Lorenzo. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Uh, so shout out to you. Awesome.
1: I want to send a sh- shout out to Katie from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. Because she had a rough week at work. Oh God, Katie. And so I just wanted to send some love Katie's way. Because, like, everybody's been there where you just had that crappy day at work. And it sounded like she had a couple of them in a row. So... I hope everything's going better for you, Katie.
0: Oh yeah. I think it would love to Katie.
1: All right. Uh next week we are going to be reviewing Ant Man and Wasp. And I done I done messed up and forgot to get Rob in here. We we've had weird scheduling stuff between Ray and I, and I just completely forgot that we were having Rob come and do something pre Ant-Man and Wasp. So we're not quite sure what will happen, but we're gonna have hopefully either uh, a mini episode or a, a segment as part of next week's episode but we are going to get back that comic box um, Rob preview of Ant-Man and Wasp and that will be included somewhere before our full review of Ant-Man and Wasp but then next week we'll come back with Ant-Man and Wasp which I'm actually very excited for I've gotta, I've got to suppress the anticipation because that always gets me in trouble but I'm really looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. It, it feels a little bit surreal that we're getting more Marvel so soon after Infinity War and, like, you know, the, the bomb that that was. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I meant bomb in a good way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's this is – I'm, I'm going to get really excited <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> as it comes up to Friday and you know, I'm seeing that movie because it does it does feel kind of like just – it's like a treat. Like, wow, Marvel's really on top yeah. of this thing.
1: And I want to know more. I feel like I'm putting more together in the puzzle as to how um, Avengers 4 is going to turn out. I feel like everything coming up between now and the next Avengers movie is going to be adding that little, here's a little clue. Here's a little, here's a little something.
0: On top of. Yeah, on top of just like getting to hang out with Ant-Man and Wasp, which is going to be fun, and we get Janet which is amazing. And
1: we get yes,
0: that's right. Yeah, God, Marvels and just and, Goli-
1: and Black so good. Goliath, which is like where where in history, yes. Ray, did you ever think <laughs> that we would get a movie that had the character Black Goliath? Like how how did this ever? Yeah, good good times. We live in good times
0: yeah exactly that's the thing but this is what marvel's done so well is just uh i have no like nervousness it's just going to be fun yeah. and i already know that
1: all right all the music in this episode is by ben sound it is being used under creative commons license you can find more music by ben sound at bensound.com geekitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to Geek podcast running and tea time with katie and chelsea and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at JoeHogan at GeekTitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grace. Ray, where can we find you?
0: As always, I am at Ray Vargas 3 um, whether it's on social media or at my website, which is RayVargus3.com. Uh, but I spend most of my time on social media. So if you're on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, uh, just go to backslash Vargas 3 and you'll find me perfect.
1: Um, that's it for this week. Next week, we'll be back with Ant-Man and the Wasp. And until then, remember this week, keep it geeked. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to. No! Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things destiny why we play, why we love punching aliens in the face,
0: and why T's aim needs a little bit of work.
1: Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something. A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First rounds on us. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing. Usually it's pretty nerdy.
0: Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins.
1: Has the whole world gone crazy! visit our facebook page TG Geeks webcast on google plus and youtube look for us as two gay geeks you can tweet at tg geeks and at the two gay geeks or call our feedback line at 469 tg geeks that is 469-844-3357 happy listening peace cheers